There are things in this world that science cannot explain. Entities and forces that defy human comprehension. There are relics that can turn even skeptics into believers. Pieces of a puzzle with apocalyptic implications. These items are stored in a once secure location. Watched over and studied by scholarly defenders. Mystery fills the air. And terror stalks the halls in... The Scarab Archives. You have one unheard message. End of messages. Ah, good morning, Gilbert. Good morning, Dr. East. Miss Clark placed the item you requested by your desk before she left last night. That's a big thing, isn't it? I would have helped her to move it if she'd asked. Still avoiding me, is she? You did act rather harshly after she discovered the fate of the bell. I was upset. I already apologized. What more does she want? If I could offer some advice. Life advice from a man trapped on turn-of-the-century technology. Mama, look at me now. You and Miss Clark should get on the same wavelength. It would appear that the two of you are the only ones you can really trust in this endeavor. If you cannot depend on one another, then who can you depend on at all? Yes, well... Can we just carry on with the day's real work, please? As you like, Dr. East. Case file L-737, designation the statue. The statue stands approximately three feet tall and weighs just under a hundred pounds, or so the tag here says. No way I'm going to try lifting it myself. Made of granite, the statue is carved into the shape of a child of indeterminate sex, quite possibly a sort of wingless cherub or angel. The figure is standing straight, but the hands are cupped over the mouth, hiding it from view. The obvious interpretation is that the child is laughing, hiding their smile from the viewer. A perfectly innocent piece of sculpture, save for the eyes. There's something off about them. At first glance, they seem to be shining with childish glee, but the longer one looks at them, malevolence, perverse amusement, that's really the best way I can describe how those eyes look to me. Uh, the statue was one of four that originally graced the lobby of the Palladium Theater in San Francisco. The Palladium was originally built as an independent movie house in the mid-1950s, but was purchased in 1968 by the fledgling company known as Lazarus Studios. Lazarus Studios was founded the previous year, one of the many, many, many business ventures launched by one Vladimir Lazarus following his departure from the family tradition of toy making. Lazarus Studios bought the Palladium for the intention of having a showcase for their own branded films. They made a number of low-budget films over a period of 13 or so years, most of which have faded from public view. 
The Palladium was their way of ensuring that they always had a place in which to screen their just above grindhouse level productions. Oh, there's a list of some of the films here. I wonder if I've seen any. Arbor Day, a prototypical slasher film that was years ahead of its time. This controversial summer release about a number of eco-friendly teenagers being menaced by a psychotic lumberjack caused quite a stir with its over-the-top violence and gore. The film's main theme outlived the source material. It was a song called Timber by the band known as the Men Without Shoes, and apparently it peaked at number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100. Controversial or no, it was successful enough to spawn several sequels. <laughs> it looks like a rather large number of Lazarus films were in this vein. Arbor Day, The Mad Little Tailor, Gamma Kappa Dai, all directed by a controversial young director named Paolo Ravinsky. That sounds familiar. There was an attempt at a swashbuckling pirate movie called Island of the Dead, a pair of subtle supernatural thrillers, a Bigfoot movie released at the height of Bigfoot mania. Oh, there's even an erotic thriller here. Lady Lilith's Lover. <laughs> Hell of a title. Say that five times fast. Aside from Arbor Day and its numerous sequels, the studio's biggest success came in the form of High Moon, a blend of classic Hollywood Western and werewolf mythology. That one actually got something of a nationwide release. Following the release of Star Wars, Lazarus Studios attempted to jump on the sci-fi bandwagon with a film called Area 666. While it had a novel concept, Demons Against Aliens, the film was not a success and its intricate special effects nearly bankrupted the studio. They banked their fortunes on a new project, Walpurgis, a film about witchcraft. A number of props and set pieces were actually acquired from famous sites of per actual witchcraft, and the studio PR team went overboard promising an entirely new kind of film with a level of authenticity that had to be seen to be believed. The hype machine actually worked, and a number of distributors pre-ordered prints in anticipation of the film's Halloween release. The very first screening was scheduled for September 1979 at, where else, the Palladium. 27 people were chosen at random to see the film. The, this particular statue watched as these unlucky few bought their concessions and entered the theater proper. Five minutes after the lights dimmed and the reels started turning, screams filled the air. Then, silence. When management rushed in, they could find no sign of the 27 patrons. It was as if they'd simply vanished into thin air. The sole copy of Walpurgis was spirited away later that night by persons unknown. To this day, no one has ever been able to locate it. This was, unfortunately, the death knell for Lazarus Studios. Angry distributors sued for breach of contract, and it was only weeks later that Vladimir liquidated the assets, cut his losses. The Palladium was purchased by a real estate developer and demolished. Miraculously, this statue survived while its three brothers were crushed in the rubble. The piece was placed in a nearby park where it watched over the place where the Palladium had stood. 
and remained there for a number of years before the Scarab Archives were founded and it was collected. Apparently, once he had a place to put all these things, the very first thing that Vladimir Lazarus did was to track down any surviving items that pertained to his failed businesses. <sighs> you know, it's... It's the statue's eyes that stick with you. According to file photographs, this figure would have been positioned in such a way that it watched those 27 souls step into the screen room that night. It seems to be gleefully withholding the secret fate of those people, laughing and mocking our inability to understand. <clears throat> uh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, from time to time, copies of Lazarus Studios films will be found. They are considered extremely rare collector's items. Rarest of all is the sole copy of Walpurgis, which is considered by experts to be practically priceless. Perhaps one day it will be found, and we'll all be privy to the secret that the statue seems to find so darkly amusing. <clears throat> the statue is classified as... Well, it's not really classified, it's appropriately a collector's item. Scarab Archives are brought to you by Lazarus Creative Company. Voicing Dr. Delbert East is Thomas Crane. The voice of Hadley Clark is provided by Megan Camp. Join us on our new bi-weekly schedule, with new episodes releasing every other Wednesday. If you would like to support our podcast, visit anchor.fm slash the Scarab Archives. Join us on Wednesday, November 25th for episode 3. We thank you for listening.